You're listening to Own Your Bold, an interview-based podcast for female entrepreneurs and leaders in business. I'm your host, Natalie sinizgali Catavon. Today's guest is Gianni White, aka Rebel Flower Bomb. She is an unparalleled poetic force. She hails from Rochester, New York, where she holds the title for the 2018 Rock Awards Best Female Poet. Her words combine metaphoric magic with bold imagery. Her poems represent the collision of pain and beauty that she has courageously bled through her pen and shares with her audience. The Rebel Flower Bomb has been featured on television, in print, and on stage and radio. In the fall of 2017, she released a collection of poems entitled The Heartbreak Series, filled with short poems, flowers, broken hearts, healed spirits, and love. She is truly her words blooming. Gigi, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Can I call you Gigi? Absolutely. We're people. Absolutely. Like, we're, we're friends. If you're somebody else, I would be like, Hello. Yeah. If you meet her, guys, you got to call her Gianni or the Rebel Flower Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. I'm like always in public and everybody's like, there's Flower Bomb. And I'm like. Because oh. that's your given name. <laughs> you're like, yes, my mother named me Flower Bomb. <laughs> Let's talk about your name. Okay. So you chose this. Is this your stage name, your pen name? Like, what? what is this? Um, honestly, uh, the Rebel Flower Bomb is just another part of me. I wish it could just be a stage name or a pen name, but I find myself in this, like, Rebel Flower Bomb space, and I'm like, why are you here right now? True story. So it's a part of you. It is completely a part of me. And is it the creative part of you? Is it the artistic part? Like, how do you define that? Um, It's just the, the part of me that actually feels emotions. I try not to allow myself to feel. So when I know I'm feeling, I'm like, damn, it's you again. I sound crazy. No. You know, it's people in my head. Um, The Rebel Flower Bomb is like, truly a part of me that I actually never really wanted to um, show the world. But when I did, I feel like it was best that I did it. I think a lot of times as creatives and as artists, the things that we don't want to share, like those little, those parts of us that we're either, you know, embarrassed of or that just feel very vulnerable. Absolutely. But that keep coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. When you finally have the courage to share those, they're the ones that make impact. Absolutely. It didn't have a name. It, yeah, there wasn't a name at one point. Um, so, like, I'm totally obsessed with Rihanna. I think she's, like, the finest one of them. Finest woman in the world. You're like, wait a minute, I don't want to limit myself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can say some fine one. <laughs> well, she has a um, perfume called Rebelle Fleur. And I was like, that's a sexy name. What does it mean? Obviously, Rebel Flower. But I did my research and I saw Rebel Flower. And then during this time when I discovered it, the song from Miguel, Lotus Flower Bomb, Firefly, that song came out. And Wale was in it. And Wale is like this phenomenal poet. Like, he's not just a rapper. He's like the best lyrical poet out so I ended up I was like okay well what am I gonna do with this I text my friend at this point they were just doing freelance art and so I was like I need a favor and they were like what do you want G it's 12 o'clock in the morning right now 
And I was like, so I got this dope idea, boo. I need you. Draw a picture for me. And they were like, of what? Like, do you realize the time it is right now? And I was like, I'm sorry. Let me restate the time for you. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't hear me the first time. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, listen, you have to answer to this, okay? I need you to create a picture of a flower growing out of a fist. And they were like, what? And I was like, no, 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 no. Actually, I want a rose and I want a fist to come out of it. Why? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm serious. Can, can you do it? I got money. And they were like, I don't want your money. You're annoying. Goodbye. And I was like, dang. And then it was like 3.30 in the morning. They were like, I'm outside. And I went to the door and it was like a real picture of a rebel flower bomb at that moment. And that's when we had the conversation right then outside of my house at the door. I was like, you're going to come in? No, because it's three o'clock in the morning. You didn't let him in? And I was going to get the paper and they were like, sis, you're annoying. And I was like, I'm sorry. No, you're not. Bye. And then just like walked away. And then the next morning called me and was like, I actually like that idea. So (laughs) what? He was mad at me last night. I wasn't mad, but don't call me at 12 o'clock in the morning, but you did it. Yeah. And so I actually went and got that tattooed that day. On your body? Yes. It's on my leg, my right leg. Oh my gosh. I have the original rubble flower bomb tattooed on my right leg. That is incredible. True story. Okay. Wow. So you went all in. Within like a six hour period. True story. Impulse. Let's talk about impulse as an artist. Ooh, you sure? <laughs> I mean, how much of your art is just straight from your gut? Anything I write. Unless somebody calls me and says they need it done. I got to think about this. Other than that, anything. I think I just wrote a poem last night. At like 2 o'clock in the morning. I haven't written a full poem. Like, I have not completed a poem in over a year. So last night I had wrote this poem and I was like, I don't know where it came from, but I like it. <laughs> Whenever I write, it is definitely impulse. Sometimes it's like, who are you and where did this come from? I actually have a piece that I wrote for my aunt's mother's funeral. So she's she's actually one of my actual aunt's best friends. They all grew up together. Her mother passed away. She asked me to write a poem. I wrote the poem. I have no clue how I wrote the poem, actually. But I know when I read the poem for the first time last year. I wrote this poem two years ago, but I actually read it thoroughly last year, other than when I was performing it, which I wasn't reading it. I wasn't reciting it. I was actually reading it. When I read it, I felt like my grandmother was actually speaking to me through the poem. It's always impulsive. Do you find that when you come back to your poems, they frequently either take on new meaning or they speak to you in maybe a different way than you intended them to? Never new meaning. Always what it was intended to do. The problem which comes... No, it's not always a problem, but sometimes it could be, is I have to relive whatever I was going through at that moment. So... I actually find myself like having to shut down from the world because I'm really experiencing the feelings that I had when I wrote those poems, when I read the poems. I never give myself a chance to actually read a poem and feel it 
after it's written until it resurfaces. So when you're performing, mm-hmm. how do you prepare for that? I mean, how do you protect yourself, I guess? I don't. I actually get up on the stage. I do these shows and I always take time off. So if I was to do a show today, I would need at least two days to actually rejuvenate myself because I'm drained once I'm complete. It's not always just the people. A lot of times it's like I have to like evoke these raw emotions and I'm never really prepared to do it. What gives you the fortitude that you need to do that? Or or rather, what is the reason behind it? Because it'd be a lot easier to just not do it. I remember going to open mic, actually when I really started poetry. I went to an open mic, which was my uncle's. Shout out to him. Floetic Rhythms was my first open mic stage. I went and I had a friend who I told her, you are just a prisoner in your own mind. And at this point in life, I didn't really understand any of that. I just know I told her that and I wrote a poem based upon it. I went to open mic and I performed it. And I remember one of my biggest supporters tweet, tweet, tweet. Tweet came to me and hugged me and said, you just told my story. I said, I did? Never thought that my words held any weight. I felt like I was just talking, you know, writing something down and talking. And she's like, no, no, the world needs to hear this. And she started talking to me and she's like, I'm going through so much. And at this point, my aunt was in the room. And my aunt is like a true woman of God. And she was like, can you pray for me? And I was like, well, hold on, let me go get, let me go get my aunt. Because you, you you talking to somebody who, um, whoo, I can pray, but I can't pray. You don't want me to pray for you. <laughs> Andrew's got the direct line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, I got to go, couple, I got to get transferred over a few times, you know. Uh, <laughs> you, I'm calling the call center. I don't really got to got the Right, God of Jesus. <laughs> so I um <laughs> that's hilarious. So I went and got my aunt, and multiple people in the room had felt the poem. I didn't think anything of it. I was a kid. I was like 16 years old, just performing and really just getting on the mic. And we stood in the gallery, in the art gallery, and we got into a prayer circle and it was so intense that everybody was crying from this prayer circle brought on from this poem and I was like whoa and that during this time I was you know I had just like really walked away from church and stuff like that everybody would ask me about ministry and stuff like that I'm like I'm not into the ministry I'm not doing it I knew that I was called into the ministry I just didn't know how until that night my aunt said, you're a minister of words. Do you realize that? And I was like, no, don't give me the title ministry. A minister, I do not want to be responsible for anybody's soul, anybody's spirit. And then I thought about it while I was saying it. I'm like, wait a minute. Every time you get on a microphone and present a poem, you are putting everyone else's soul, including yours, at risk because Everybody literally becomes vulnerable and they take heed to what we're seeing on a mic. That's a lot to deal with at 16. 16 years old. So how have you grown as a poet since then? Does poetry mean the same thing to you now? 
poetry means more to me. The problem is poetry is a lifeline for me. I've actually got that tattoo too. It says poetry is life and it's a lifeline. But last night on Snapchat, I actually said writing poems is like gasping for air during a manic episode. It's literally a lifeline. And I feel now with poetry, it's a dire need. And when I'm not able to write, I actually suffer, like genuinely suffer. And, you know, mental illness is so big in the arts community. Any artist on this planet has dealt with some sort of mental illness or go through so many different emotions literally just being an artist in itself and for me I can admit that when I don't write it's bad for me in the world. So writing is cathartic and performing is dramatic? Uh, maybe. It sounds like they, they're kind of opposite sides of the same coin maybe. It sounds like poetry rejuvenates you and then you need to rejuvenate from performing. Performing, yeah. It's like literally cutting open a wound that's already been open. You start the healing process and then it's like, I'm bleeding again. I don't know if many people know who Shaq Aora Payne is. He's a poet in Rochester. And Shaq once told me the closest place to God is on a microphone. So imagine having to strip before God and literally be all you are. Yes, that's draining and it's actually pretty scary when you're literally on a microphone and on the stage and you're releasing something you already released all over again. It's a cycle. That's awesome. That's like, a, of course, you put that well because you're a poet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like there's there's power in there's power in being on a microphone mm -hmm. and it it gives you a place of leadership. Mm -hmm. So how do you think about that? I think of you as a, a leader in our community and in the in the creative realm particularly, but just, you know, as someone who has really interesting insights and shares what she sees. I, I know that you like respect that. Like you're like, mm -hmm. okay, what I'm sharing is important. But like how much of that do you take to your microphone and how much of it is just whatever's in your soul? Sometimes I have to take a break if that means anything. Sometimes I want to hide and curl up in a ball. Sometimes I want to be like Michael Jackson and put shades on. <laughs> Other days I want to put a blanket over my head. It's a lot of responsibility. Nevertheless, whether it's the pen or it's the microphone, I don't hold back. And I can't because of responsibility. You just never know who needs it. It's, it's literally like saying some hearts leave suicide notes signed by misery or ministry that conveys messages under God. You can't leave anything behind. It's like saying, if my baby sister ever asks me why do I love women and not men, I'll tell her. Um, someone stuck their key into her journal and ripped out passages always into my journal and ripped out passages I've always been afraid to read over. It's literally like you can't hold back because guess what? The reality of it is, is that you never know who you're talking to and someone in the audience has experienced someone sticking their key into their journal and ripping out passages they've always been afraid to read over. It's like somebody has their, has had their soul taken from them. Someone has had their body taken from them. 
someone has had their heart taken from them and they may not have the courage to tell their story but hearing your story may give them the courage to heal so I can't hold back then I feel like I'm selling myself short and everybody else short do you have a core message that you want to share like if you kind of distill down what you want to share with the world are there any recurring themes or like things that you frequently like to to talk about I kind of talk about everything as you know, I released the Heartbreak series. The Heartbreak series was the heartbreak, you know, but it was heartbreak from every different aspect of life, whether it be mother-daughter relationships or father-daughter relationships or lover and lover or losing your grandmother. It's, it's all the same. The healing message is where I'm at in my life now. And my mission is to empower anyone the hey goddess film hey goddess that poem is like this well-known poem for women that was the intention until a man hears it and a man is like well i needed that for me you know so i don't know if you know who ann essie is ann essie is in the pr field and i remember ann essie coming to me and saying can i take this poem with me and put it in a frame on my wall. And I was like, yeah, if you need to. And the next time I seen Ann, Ann said, thank you. It's like, for what? I didn't do anything. And she's like, your poem, Hey Goddess, is an affirmation for me. I read it every single day. I have one in my office, I have one in my car, and I have one on a mirror in my bathroom because it is an affirmation that I read every day. I have not forgotten that. Never forgot that conversation with her. That's incredible. I usually have really good questions to ask people and I feel like I just want to listen to you talk. Can you recite part of Hey Goddess? You don't have to. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't mind, I don't mind. Um, you said right part of it. So what Or all of it. I'm just messing with you. No, it's totally Yeah, I could do it for you. I could do it for you. We can also um, link to the video if you wanted to. Of you we we could do that. I'll give a, a a piece of it. How's that? Yes. And then the link is always yeah the, full, the best part. The full version. Yes, ma'am. Cool. Oneness, woman, woman, savior, intense. The next time someone asks you, is it worth it? You let them know there is nothing greater than your work in. You can cross oceans, climb over mountains, and that nothing is impossible. I'm possible. I'm not worthless. I'm the wheel in the middle of a wheel. I have a purpose. I'm superwoman. Singing shackled spirituals, swallowing decorated praises, sipping sharpened patience. I am goddess. I am winner. And if you check out the link, you can hear the rest of it. Damn, I feel like I owe you money right now. That was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Gigi. Mm-hmm. Any any parting words? How can people follow you? Facebook, The Rebel Flower Bomb. Instagram, The Rebel Flower Bomb. Across the board, I guess. Just stay true to yourself, you know? That's what I, that's what I always tell people. Most importantly, do not let anyone make you feel less than... And I remember you letting me have it, Natalie. 
you cussed me out pretty good, actually. Let's talk about it. About, <laughs> you did. You really did. And you told me you are worth more than you give yourself the credit. And stop selling yourself short. And I was like, well, you know, no, stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Okay? And I was like, okay. This was like the first time we met. The first time we met. True story. True story. Because I had seen you on stage and I'd seen the videos and I I saw you as a performer. Mm -hmm. And we were having a discussion about the business of poetry. Mm Mm-hmm and how people don't pay and how people don't pay and but it's like if you don't charge they're not going to pay was sort of like my angle on it as a business coach and and as a woman who makes a living on her art absolutely which is hard (laughs) and it's hard it's not that it's hard to do it's hard to position it's like the challenge is in your mind and it's some unprogramming that needs to happen from Mm -hmm. society and upbringing and you know whatever whatever other baggage we have indeed Um, I learned that you were correct. And you told me if they won't pay for you, they do not value you. I cannot tell you how many times I've said no because of that statement. There was times where I'm like, yeah, I still need this money. I ain't going to turn this down. And I remember what you said. If they won't pay for you, they don't value you. And I don't charge much. So now it's like, this is my price. This is what I'm sticking to. I cannot compromise that anymore. I have bills to pay. I still have to eat. And I still have to live. And I, you know, I've gotten angry from it. From folks. Someone someone said to me verbatim, I do not have a budget for a 10 minute poet. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. After I've given them my price. And I actually split it in half. To be nice. It's 10 minutes in 10 years. True story. So it's the 10 minutes you perform, and it's your whole life leading up to those 10 minutes to be able to perform. Absolutely. Like, I literally have to sit and write and feel like, if people knew what I actually went through in the midst of writing a poem, they would give me their whole everything. That's how painful it is at times. I remember writing a poem and reading it to my mom and not being able to get through it because I was caught. I, I was so sad. I remember being on the stage and reading a poem to my sister and my brother-in-law after they lost their first child and seeing my sister cry in public. I remember reading the poem I wrote for my grandmother to my mother and seeing my mother feel after being numb because she lost her mother. I remember writing a poem about my father and how my father makes me feel and being afraid to read it because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. I remember a woman breaking my heart and I read read the poem to her face on the stage and when I was done she walked out because she knew what I was feeling in that moment and I never expressed it to her so yeah 10 minutes is a long time a long time when in the real world if I was a celebrity I was trying to book Lil' Kim or Queen Latifah, one of them, to make a five-minute appearance. And for five minutes, 
it was $20,000. So I'm worth it. And thank you for making me consciously believe it and understand it. That brings me so much joy to hear. That was over a year ago we had that conversation. Wasn't it? Yeah. Two years ago. It's been a minute. It's been about two years. I love that. And so not only do they not value you if they don't pay for you, but they receive less value Mm -hmm. from you, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the other thing. I, I always like to position to business owners that are afraid to charge more for their services. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually, you give your clients a gift when you charge them more because you're able to create more impact in mm-hmm. their world Yeah, because they have invested more. Absolutely. And we value what we invest in. This is true. And you're a really good investment. Thank you. I appreciate you. You're awesome. I appreciate you. I'm so glad. I feel very privileged that I was able to have you on the show today. I, listen, shout out to Embolden. I hope everybody tunes in, share, 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 like, all of that. It's lit. Natalie's lit. And she is cheesing right now. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Shout out to you, Natalie. I'm blushing. Thank you so much, Gigi, and thanks for being on today. Thank you. And um, we'll, we'll keep our listeners up to date on all the cool stuff that you do. Touche. Thanks for listening to the Own Your Bold podcast. For show notes, resources, freebies, and more, visit ownyourbold.biz or come see what we're up to on Instagram and Facebook at Embolden Biz. Till next time.